Hello everyone, this is Tim, Tim Connison from the Connison Thought Factory, and I'm happy to be on the most democratic podcasting platform in existence, Anchor. I'm happy to be with you, but I've had the material or the subjects for this podcast for days, but I was away um, um, staying with in-laws, so... Uh, I'm back. I was itching to get this out. But while I was doing that, some other things happened. So that's cool. Um, I want to say, if you want to support this podcast, please give a direct donation. No donations too small or too large. And I really need it. I really need your support. And or become a sponsor and put your ads up here. So. Uh, either way, I would really appreciate it. And so now let's get into our topics. I want to talk about NYCHA, New York City Housing Authority. Okay. I was <clears throat> checking my status on New York City Housing Authority. And um, I'm still on the preliminary waiting list, but while I was on the preliminary waiting list, while I checked, they also offered me something (coughs) called (coughs) Section 8, which is a program (coughs) that you use uh, (coughs) where they subsidize your rent. (coughs) So I filled that out and... They gave me a, f- a couple of addresses and hopefully one's in the Bronx, one's in Brooklyn. Um, I believe one's in Brooklyn. I know one's in the Bronx. So we'll see what happens. And I want to talk about this because I think this is what's going to come out of this 2020 complete collapse. I, I believe I've talked about housing in the last podcast. And again, I believe that this program where they subsidize housing is going to be the program that they push if Joe Biden wins, especially because he's a technocrat. He's a PMC. He's part of the permit uh, professional man- managerial class. And they believe that when you have a system that's broken or dead, you just come and do some technocratic fixes and it'll work. It usually never works. It'll work for a few people or a small portion of the people that are hurting. And the PMCs take that as a victory. Um, These people are highly delusional. But this is how they function. So if he wins, they're probably going to beef it up. Now, the best thing about now is that in the past, the PMCs would always come and do a little bit, claim a victory, and leave the rest of the people to just suffer for the next 10 years or 20 years or whatever. And each time there was another one, two, three, four, five million people suffering. They've been doing this since Clinton, since the 1990s. And now you got 40 million, 50 million, 60 million, 100 million people suffering because time after time, they kept running their states, running their cities, running the country like this. So now you can't do those kind of technocratic things. You just can't. It, It doesn't make any sense. It's like you're sinking on the Titanic and you hand someone um, a small bucket, not even a big bucket, and tell them, 
we can fix this. We can fix the Titanic. Just bail. Right. And maybe you give 30 people buckets. And say, well, if y'all just bail and there's a big gaping hole and water's pouring in, it's like, no, that's not going to happen. So we're in that kind of moment. And I still like to say that now the money men have recognized that big things need to happen. Big stimulus. They gave UBI through unemployment. They were given $2,400 a month UBI to people unemployed. The extra $600 a week on their unemployment checks. They gave us one $1,200 check and were supposed to give another $1,200 check. And if I understand Steve Mnuchin right, he wanted to give two more sets of stimulus. So they're giving us universal basic income. Um, and we've, I never thought I'd live to see people in the United States giving UBI, never thought. So, um, the fact that we're already down the road, the genie's out of the bottle, the horse is out of the barn, however you want to say it. The new thing is going to be either you give us the UBI in our hands and we go find housing or you subsidize the housing the same way you subsidize the airline industry. You subsidize the hotel industry. You subsidize. You will be amazed at how much the airline industry gets subsidized. Crazy. They say trains don't make money. Airlines don't make any money. And they haven't for decades. Matter of fact, there was a saying that if you want to become a millionaire, become a billionaire and buy an airline. That was the saying. If you want to become a millionaire, become a billionaire and buy an airline and you'll lose so much money. You'll be back down into the millions. Um, so everything gets subsidized in this country one way or another or big things do. And so they're going to have to subsidize people directly. And we have the programs in place that just very small. Again, they're small. Section eight is a very small program. But you beef that up to set to fit for 100 million people across the country and you got something there. We could we could at least reduce homelessness. And um, because a lot of people are not going back to work because a lot of bosses are not going to hire them. And giving a company money to pay their workers that's even a form of subsidizing. That's actually just UBI, but it's indirect. Um, but the problem with that is that now you're forcing people to leave their house and go to work and burn fossil fuels and the environment suffers. We know that during the lockdown, the three months of the lockdown, the planet was healing at such a rate that scientists couldn't even believe it. There were places in the world where they had never seen stars or hadn't seen stars in 30 years. And because we weren't out and about, there were no stars. Trash. There was no trash out. There was less trash in the street, less trash and less garbage. We weren't producing as much waste. <clears throat> so we know that that worked. We also know that the direct payments stimulated the economy because you still had deliveries. You still had people delivering goods and services. So we don't have to go to 
physical stores anymore. Physical stores don't have to burn air conditioning, heating in the winter. Um, we don't have to ride subways and cars and buses to these places. Um, we 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 could just order them online. We can ship them back and forth. Our post office became more robust. And by the way, most people who lost their jobs are going to have to create some kind of e-commerce one way or the other. So if you're in e-commerce, if you're a local mom and pop, it's not going to be a little shop on the corner. It's going to be your house and you're going to be mailing things back and forth. And there's plenty of platforms from Amazon to, or I shouldn't call all the, all the platforms, but there are plenty of platforms. There's platforms for handmade things. There's platforms for goods. There's platforms for teaching. There's platforms like this for podcasting, for giving you information and news and knowledge. And this is how we're going to make our money. That's why I need your support. So, um, I say all that to say that NYCHA, New York City Housing Authority, has a lot of properties in New York City. And if we do the subsidized housing, um, it will be fine. People will have a place to live. And hopefully people like us won't have to live on the street. Um, now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I prefer a UBI. Just put it directly in my hand. I could find a place to stay. I know landlords will try to hike rents up. But trust me, I can find a place to stay. Um, and people like me, we're very, very resourceful in New York. Also, NYCHA, if if the federal government gives us UBI, we can stay in NYCHA. Some people might like to stay in NYCHA. You know, I grew up in the projects. Yes, it had problems, but it was the first stable housing that I had. In my life, I moved in there when I was 12, and it was the last stable housing that I had in my life. The only other place I had that was semi-stable was in the South was, again, it was subsidized. So I think subsidized housing is going to be the way to go. And um, I'm glad because I'm tired of seeing homeless people on the street, particularly tired of seeing homeless black men every city I go in. So... And I hope that NYCHA will be robust. And hey, with the tools that we have, if you get the right people to NYCHA, you can get a lot of activism going. Get a lot of activism. So we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Now I want to talk about Lovecraft Country. We finished Lovecraft Country. It was amazing. I could go on. I could do this whole podcast for a year. Well, not maybe a year. Well, actually... I probably could do it for a year talking about Lovecraft Country, breaking down every piece, every part, every scene and going into it. I'm thinking about writing a book about Lovecraft Country. So the the show, um, I know it's a book. I believe it's a book, but I'm I'm going to um, I'm thinking about write, uh, writing a book about the show itself, what it means. So um, we'll see if I have the time for it. I have so many other things going on. Um, I'm actually thinking about starting a, an educational corporation. So it's a lot of things happening. But Lovecraft Country. I mean, I'm just going to give you some highlights. First of all, 
it showed black people. And you can, whenever I say black people, you can always stress this out to everybody. We must depend on our ancestors. Right? And look at what they were doing. Um, a lot of the show, it talks about looking at their past, their fathers and their grandparents. Right? And when black people look at our ancestors, they did things that if they had our tools, they would have had liberation beyond liberation. Right? Um, so we have the tools. There's no excuse for us not to do it. But we have to we have to embrace conceptual reality, which is what our ancestors did. We also have to have some depth of um I guess just embracing reality again, because reality is not our feelings or our perception of things. Reality is reality. There's an objective reality in, in, in nature. Okay. Now, as we get exposed to more of the reality, our perceptions change of it, but the reality is always there. And black people have taken a 50 year vacation from reality. And so now we're trying to come back into it. And some people are really struggling to try. Some of us are trying to help when we can and guide them back. And tell them, look, it's easier than you think. We just have to do this. The hard part is getting people to do the act. So, for instance, it's hard for me to get people to support my platforms. My family and friends, they won't support the platforms properly. I have two family members that do. And um, no friends. But. It's easy to get the... To, I can stay with any one of them if I want. So, we're dealing with that. Um, another thing Lovecraft Country talks about is... Uh, magic or science. And we need to get back into science. We need to understand it. We need to understand the natural world again. For, for example, one of the things we've been doing... To kill viruses and keep our sinuses clear as we've been doing steams. Now steams are old. You boil a pot. We've been putting ingredients in. You put the towel over your head and you steam and you open up your sinuses. We've been doing that. So you have to start back to doing that. And that's again, that's old fashioned things. What we call old fashioned things. They're coming back. Um, hot rooms are very popular because again... That cleans out your whole body. So we have to get back into that. Scientists like that. How to use herbs. How to use um, things. Ginger, garlic, all those kinds of things. How to use those things. And there's like tons of books. Tons of research. Tons of websites that you can use. Find a family member that does that well. It'll probably be an older one. It might be a younger one. And support them. Tell them, hey, make me this, make me that, and support them financially. Okay. No, it may not take the place of medicine, but it may reduce your need for medicine. And we all need to deal with our health. Right? Because the medical industry is insane and upside down right now. So, 
that's another thing it does. So it tells us to deal with our ancestors. It tells us to deal with um, magic and science. Oh, also um, secrets. We need to stop keeping secrets from our, our youth, from each other. Uh, because the reality is people already know. Um, the things that people have told me about themselves saying, yeah, you know, Tim, you know, I don't know if you know or not, but I did. Yeah, I say, yeah, I knew that. It was obvious. And I tell them how I knew. Um, but it keeps people from moving forward when you keep secrets. Sometimes it confuses people if they can't figure it out. And sometimes it makes people unable to have a um, serious enough relationship with you because they can't go to that area. If you're keeping it a secret, they know you don't want to touch that. So you have to tiptoe around people. So that's another thing Lovecraft Country deals with. And, of course, relationships in under oppression. And that's a big part of Lovecraft Country, too, between parents and children, um, between couples, inside of couples. And, of course, Lovecraft Country deals with all kinds of couples, gender to gender, and it um, touches on that. And tries to transcend the gender to deal with the people caring and falling in love with each other directly as people, as human beings. You have couples that cross gender and ethnic groups. And even when you have an oppressed group being oppressed by another group in general, you can have members from the oppressing group fall in love with members of the oppressed group and how that works. And how you can get revolutionaries from inside the oppressors um, fighting. I'm sure the most powerful, the most powerful Germans were the anti-Nazis were the Germans who were anti-Nazi. I'm sure of that. The most powerful whites are the ones who don't want white supremacy and racism, and they fight on our side sometimes covertly. Sometimes outwardly. Uh, so Lovecraft Country deals with all of that stuff. Right? And more. But I'm not going to go into everything. And, and I like that I can give you these things without giving you spoilers. But you'll see when you watch it how they deal with these things. I want to talk about the debate between Trump and Biden. That last debate. It was more civilized than the first one. And I'm going to tell you, um, we know Trump lies, but sometimes he lies in an outrageous way, and sometimes he just lies like all the other people in power lie. And in this debate, he lied like all the other people in power lied, so he came off more rational. Biden told some lies. I mean, these people, both their records are horrible, and... I really feel for people. You got yourself repaired. But we're going to have to vote for one. Well, you don't have to vote for one of these people, but most people are going to. You got yourself repaired? Yeah. Oh, okay. You want to say hello? Podcast. No. No? Okay. And. Hello. Yeah, see, that's easy. See how easy it is? 
Um, it was crowded. Oh. So, yeah, back to the POTUS debate. And both their records were horrible. Trump brought up Biden's record. Biden's going to have to deal with that. Um, Biden brought up Trump's record. That's easy. We're living with the results of that. So we already know <laughs> how horrible that is. But either one that gets in the White House, and this is what's so great about this election, that is more so than other elections in the past. Either one who gets into the White House, they're both going to have to do something similar. Like I talked about earlier about the UBI, we talked about the subsidized, we talked about the stimulus, we talked about Either one is going to have to do that because the money men are going to tell them do it. So much so that there's one story going around and you can confirm this or find out or tell me if you've heard it. That the Federal Reserve is talking about giving direct credit lines to citizens instead of giving it to banks and all that. Because the direct portion of the stimulus, the last stimulus, works so well that the Federal Reserve says if the government doesn't give doesn't give more stimulus, they're going to do it. Because the lack of stimulus, because this stimulus bill should have been done in the summer, and the procrastination on the part of the Congress is leading to a catastrophe. And let's just say this. We've had a rent moratorium. Trump made a the CDC put an anti-eviction policy in place. I don't know if people have respected it. People are getting evicted from their homes. But there is a large portion of people that are not. And they're sitting there. And they owe eight months worth of rent. Or they will on January 1st. And we have to deal with what are you going to do when all that rent is due and they don't have the money. So if there's no rent, again, assistance programs, if there's no subsidized rental units if there are no things like that we will all collapse we will all be on the street maybe we'll be living in tents maybe we'll be living just on the corners maybe we'll be living in the train stations maybe we'll be living in the bus stations wherever we'll be living um, there's some cities that are doing autonomous zones so maybe we'll take over blocks and do autonomous zones I'm not sure but you don't want that to happen because all those people who are now consumers are going to become unable to consume or unable to buy anything, which means our, our whole economy will just completely die, right? And not only that, um, hungry people are going to get something to eat one way or another. So if you do have a brick and mortar, People will steal from you. You'll have people breaking into people's homes. You'll have all kinds of chaos. And nobody wants that. So the easy way out is to give the stimulus. Now, stimulus and UBI, before you say, oh, you're giving handouts, all you're doing is shifting money from the small number of people who have it and making it flow back through the rest of society. And you're not even doing all of it. The Wealthy elite in the United States are so far beyond everything else that even if they gave away half their fortune, 
It would solve all of our problems and they would still be some of the wealthiest people in the world. This is how far the whack we've gone. So I think that, you know, vote for who you want. The money men are going to run this place in 2021. And like another podcaster said, there's going to be some big checks being written. They're going to come in the form of grants. They're going to come in the form of UBI. They're going to come in the form of, of subsidies. They're going to come. But it's going to be some big checks coming for us. And we need to take those resources, use all the tools that we have, and develop a society that is sane, humane, developmentally expansionary, and safe. That's what we need to be thinking about doing. So while you're thinking about voting, you need to be thinking about how we're going to police ourselves as communities, how we're going to educate ourselves as communities. And I'm already there. I'm an educator, so I'm already doing it. Been doing it for years, but I'm really, it's really been picking up this year um, because we're in that revolutionary moment. And um, this is our charge. This is our challenge. And we'll either meet it and continue and our children and grandchildren will have a safe place to live and actually they can actually live, not just survive. Or we won't do it and it'll be chaos for a period. And then it'll probably settle down into something more natural and more humane because at the end of the day, most human beings are developmental beings, right? So. It's gonna it, it's gonna end there when the hateful people and the destructive people burn themselves out. But that could last years, so we don't want that. So I hope, you know, I'm working toward one thing. I hope you're working toward one thing so that we can avoid the other. And with the debates, they were they were good. They showed you what you what you had. They showed you everybody's record. And now you just got to make a decision what you're going to do. But I'm encouraged because no matter what happens, even if Trump gets back in there, the money men are still going to do the same thing. They're just going to do it in a different way because we're in unprecedented times. We're going to do something that this society has never seen. There's no point in history you can go back to and say, OK, we could draw from that. Because we've never been in this situation uh, tens of millions of people right now are living rent free. They're waiting. Um, millions of people are being evicted, um, <clears throat> which means they're scrambling. Tens of millions could be evicted or not. Mortgages in the housing market is is in is in the is in the balance. So. We'll see. January 1st, we're going to see. It's going to be something else. And depending on what happens from now to January 1st, until January 1st, it's going to be very important on which way we go. Until then, what we have to do is stay focused, build our platforms, build our infrastructure for the community, for the kind of society we want. Rather, you're blogging, you're building, you make products, whatever it is. Build. That way, when um, the resources come in, you could just transition quickly. <clears throat> and 
it's going better for me in that instance than not. The only situation is, like I said, the top of the podcast is housing. So we'll see. Uh, I guess that's it for this podcast. And um, I hope that um, you will give this podcast some support. You can support it directly or become a sponsor. And if you want to come on the podcast, if you want to be a guest, let me know. If you want to talk about anything, let me know. And we can arrange it, I'm sure. And until then, I say, take care of yourselves. Be safe. And be thoughtful, I guess I would say. And I want to say again before I sign off. Thank you to the most democratic podcasting platform in existence, Anchor. Take care.